Let's go. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to talk today about how I believe with all my heart and those of you that are watching that we are in a test. We've been in a test. People saying, well, why are things taking so long? Why are things happening like they're happening? Because we are in a test. Now, here's the thing. There's still time to work out some of your answers and position on your answers. Amen? And why you believe what you believe in the test. Because we haven't turned our papers in quite yet. How many of you love to take tests when you're growing up in school? I hated it. I, 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 I was always the guy that was like, oh my gosh, what is all this stuff? And the teacher would tell me, well, this is stuff that we were studying and that you were supposed to go home and study. Oh, really? Am I in the wrong class? So anyway, I didn't like studying. Um, you know, my, um, my favorite uh, uh, subject was lunch and I got a grade A and that was the milk. So... Acts chapter 2, verse 4. You are all a serious crowd, man. Might have to bring up Kuhneman and the gang. (laughs) No, don't you go there. (laughs) All right. I want to say this before this, this text here. I don't remember the exact year that it was, but I've shared it publicly many times. And I want to say it was before the 2016 election that the Lord gave me a vision. And at the time, I really didn't understand what it was, but I saw something coming out of the heavens at a very high, accelerated rate of speed. And as it was coming at a very high, accelerated rate of speed, I realized as it was coming closer and closer that it was the foot. It was the foot of the Lord. I could see his foot. And it was coming very fast, and it hit the earth, it hit America, and it moved immediately to the left side and began to violently shake it. It then moved over to the right side and began to shake it. It then settled in the middle and began to shake it. And then I saw the other foot of the Lord go down over Israel and hit it hard. And I saw one foot on America, one foot on Israel. And I believe that it represented something that God was going to do specifically with those two nations that would affect the earth. And God spoke in that vision. And he said to me, I ask a question, who is on the Lord's side? You know, that's what the Bible says. Who's on the Lord's side? You say, well, Pastor Hank, what do you mean? Well, God's looking at some things, and he's looking at what we're standing for, if we're standing, if we're speaking out, if we are standing for his word, for what he has spoken, if we are standing with what he has prophesied and declared from his throne, if we are being people that are being bold about his moral law that he lays out in Scripture. Are we standing for God and his word and for his truth? And so it was just before Pentecost Sunday, a few weeks ago, back in the month of May. It was the week before Pentecost Sunday. And I said, God, I need you to speak to me. What are you saying to your people? And the Lord led me to Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And it says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost And they all, notice this, began to speak with other tongues as it was given by the Holy Spirit. Come on, not some demon like they teach. 
Amen. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, you're not going to get a counterfeit. You're going to get the Holy Spirit. But they all spoke in tongues. And here's what God asked me. He said, what do you think the state of the believer would be, or even his church, those that say, I'm a Christian, I've accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. What would be the state of, of every Christian in the earth who say that they are truly a Christian if they were not only truly saved, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues? What would happen to the state of the church if that happened, but if you that are filled with the Holy Spirit would increase the amount of your praying in tongues. What would be the state of the believer? What would be the state of the church? What would be the state of social media? I think we'd see less flesh. What would be the state of our government? What would be the state of our politics? What would be the state of the earth if people began to pray in tongues and got over in the spirit? First Corinthians 14, two, he that prays in an unknown tongues speaks not unto men, but unto God in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What would be the state of God's church. I believe that's one of the tests. Now you might say, well, does God really test people? Yes, he does. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter eight. I want you to look at verse one. And as you look at Deuteronomy chapter eight, this was the test that came to a nation. And God does not tempt any man. There's a difference between a test and attempting. My teachers tested me. They never tempted me. There's a difference. Now teachers tempt kids and they get in trouble. But, but here's the thing. It's terrible. We are in a test, but look at what God did with Israel, the nation, all the commandments, which I command you this day. shall you observe to do why? So that you may live, you may multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord has sworn to give to your fathers. Now look at verse 2. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? Why did he do this? To humble you or to test you. To, or to humble you, to test you or prove you. To know what's in your heart. God's doing this right now. He's trying to bring humility on his people. He's also testing us. He wants to know what's in your heart. And, and here's how you, he knows what's in your heart is by what comes out of your mouth. Are you speaking in tongues? Is that coming out of your mouth? He also knows what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth because the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will talk what's in your heart. Are you speaking right about America? Are you speaking right about the current circumstances? Are you speaking right about the harsh season that we've been through? And so we're in a test. And whether you will keep his word or not, man, I know people that won't even defend traditional marriage. They say, well, you know, I've got friends and I've got relatives, you know, that are married, you know, male and male, female and female. And they will say, that ain't it. And that ain't it. That ain't it. And, and it's not that you hate anyone. You don't hate anyone. You love them. But you love God's covenant more. You love the way that God defined marriage as the only way. He said, Jesus, in Matthew 19, marriage is between one man. Not what you want to redefine what a man is. Man like in man equipment that you were born with and between one woman, women equipment that you were born with, that 
is the definition according to God of marriage. And it doesn't mean you hate anyone. It means you love God more. And because you love God more, you will stand for his truth. You will stand for his moral code. You know how holy marriage covenant is? And why it's important to defend it is because God is a God of covenant. And it was so serious that his own son shed his blood to establish a covenant with us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, people say, well, that's Old Testament. Don't go there. Especially when you can prove it out in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. The scripture says that we, and Paul was speaking to the church, we all pass through the same cloud by day and the pillar by night. We all pass through the Red Sea and were baptized unto Christ. And when Moses struck the rock, that rock was Christ. And that is the drink or the rock that we drink from. And he said in verse 6, these things, by the way, or verse 7, these things are written for our examples. And then he goes on in verse 7, he says, now listen to me. Because what happened to them, I'm warning you, were examples. Don't you get caught up in fornication like they did. Don't you get caught up in murmuring like they did and complaining. Don't you get caught up in idolatry like they did. And then he goes on and he says in verse 11, now, now, presently, New Testament church, these things that happened to Israel, their tests, the way God spoke to them and demanded that they would stay faithful to him and to his word, these things are written for your examples and for warning. So we're in a test. You say, well, what, what is the test? Well, I already told you is, are you praying in tongues? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And if you are, or you're not, you need to, but if you are, you need to pray in tongues more. But there's other tests that I see that God is doing to get us to begin to basically bring us separation. God is not God is about unity, but he's also about separation. He separated light from darkness. He separated day from night. Right? The sun by day, the moon by night. He separated in, Gideon, uh, in Judges 7 with Gideon. It was the Lord's separation. He separated when it came to 12 spies that went into the promised land. And only two of them who had a different spirit, the Bible says, Joshua and Caleb, came back with the right report. And, and 10 of them, 10 of the spies came back and, and only uh, reported what they saw on the Canaanite news. There's giants. There's some giant problems. You're going to have giant gas prices. Giant pandemic. Giant ites, including some Bidenites. This was serious, man. And so you can understand for a moment how God separates. Now, this is so important. Go to Judges chapter 6. And I want to show you the condition of where people are at and why it's keeping them from being truly on the Lord's side. In other words, standing for what God is standing for. 
You know, finding out and identifying what God is standing for right now. It's amazing to me when here you had Roe versus Wade overturned by the Supreme Court and rightfully giving back to what every uh, United States citizen should really absolutely be grateful for is that you had a court stand for the constitutional rights. Abortion, according to the Constitution, right? Let me just say this. I, I can go down that road and I just filled a... Here, here's, here's why we're... Who's on the Lord's side? So when the Supreme Court ruled that, you would have thought that there would have been a greater rejoicing from Christians, from preachers. But instead, no, they, they, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to celebrate. Then they start bringing up things. Well, it's just going to create more illegal abortions. It's going to create problems with adoption agencies, and there's already problems. And can't they see that this is an absolute victory for the children who have had no voice? And then you got one preacher standing up. Well, if it was really about pro-life, then, then why don't we get rid of the death penalty, sir? Why don't we get rid, deal with the opioid problem? And the list went on with what he was saying, if you're really pro-life. And I want to say, sir, the difference is with everything you're stating is a human decision is involved. That little baby in the womb had no choice. That was honored or considered. And then one lady... I mean, I couldn't even believe it. She gets on and, and, and she says, you know, with her demon voice, down with Rome and she's Wade. I'm like, shut up, you devil. And then what came out of her mouth was a devil. She goes, when, a, when, 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 when that thing is born, they were calling it a parasite. So they asked her, so, so when is it a baby? When it's born. I wanted to take that lady, well, <clears throat> And I wanted to say to you, excuse me, but if you cut your finger and you get blood that comes out of you, is that when it's blood? It's blood all the time. Who's on the Lord's side? God loves life. He loves those little babies. But we got a problem. We got people that, you know, they're, they're afraid to speak up because, you know, I'll make my mother-in-law mad and I'll make my relatives mad. I'll make my brothers and sisters mad. I'll make my neighbors mad. I'll make people mad. Mm-hmm, sure. I don't discuss the election. No, it's called election deflection. Michael Lindell called me this, this week and he said, yeah, he said it's called election deflection. I said, I said, Mike, listen to me. I said, this is why... The Lord told me that the stolen of election of 2020, God already said it, August 16th of 2020, we're going to share that prophecy again. He said they were going to steal the election. He said they were going to try to delay the election through a chaotic planned thing. And God said, do you think they're going to take my nation from me? So I don't care what the news says. And then I have evidence. I watched 2,000 mules to back it up. You need to watch it if you haven't watched it. Just, don't just go off of CNN and all the other news networks, including Fox. Get a clue. 
it wasn't stolen. Listen, on the night of the election, I was in Fort Worth, Texas, where I could see all the major networks. And I'm looking and I'm like, and I looked over at Brother Coleman. I said, look, Brother Coleman, look what's going on here. And I could literally see the numbers changing and flipping and being manipulated all across the news channels. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? I'm not cussing. I'm saying it was from hell. I could feel it. And then all of a sudden I said, man, I have a feeling they're going to make some kind of announcement. All of a sudden this guy who they say is the president, well, you need to pray for him. He's our president. No, he is not my president. He did not win the election. There's people, well, I'm a prophet and I prophesied that Biden would win. You're an inaccurate prophet. He didn't win. They stole this election and there's evidence to prove it. And here's the thing. I was there. I was watching him do it. And I said, get ready. They're going to make an announcement. Something's going on. All of a sudden he gets up and he starts thanking everybody for doing what they did to make it possible. Yeah. Like 2,000 mules, 54,000 mules that they tracked of people that changed ballots and literally absolutely sold this country into the harsh season that we have faced since 2020. I don't like what they have done to the innocent people of the United States of America because the wrong administration absolutely committed treason and and the rhinos did too. And it's wrong. You're hurting innocent people. And yet people want to be quiet. We just don't want to talk about it. No, you better talk about it because when they start stealing your vote, manipulating your vote, using machines to to manipulate and change your vote, you have lost the right as a human being to vote and to voice your constitutional right to speak and to express what you want representing you. I am convinced before God That if the other side stole the election, I would be just as bold. Because this ain't funny. It ain't morally right. It's not constitutionally right. Yet people just be all quiet about it. No, it's the strong man that Jesus said. You You gotta deal with 2020 before you can go forward with anything else. But look at Judges 6. This is important. So Gideon represents, I think, sometimes a lot of folk. God comes to Gideon and calls him a mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon didn't think he was. God says, the angel says, look at you, you mighty man of valor. He's like, who, me? He's like, hey, man, I'm, I want to deliver a nation. And I'm looking at you, and you're a mighty man. And notice what Gideon says. He says three things that I believe is part of this test. And it's why people, it's a test of how you're using your tongue. What are you speaking If you can't talk right, get over in tongues. So so watch the three things that he says is the condition and the mindset and what people are speaking. So here the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon wanting for someone to stand up so that God could take back a nation. I've had people say, well, you know what? You're all just a bunch of Christian nationalists. And I like what Pastor Tony Soares said, who's going to be here at our conference He was on Flashpoint last week and he said, well, he said, I'm coming out of the closet. 
He said, if they want to call me a Christian nationalist, I guess I am one. And I started raising my hand, but they didn't call on me. I'm like the kid, you know, that's in the back of the room. I actually for once had the answer, but the teacher didn't, didn't call on me because she thought I was going to probably make a joke. And, and yet, I, you know, they didn't call on me, Pastor Gene, they didn't call on me. But, 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 but Tony, he, he got the spot and he said, I am a Christian nationalist, I guess. And so am I. If that's what you want to call us, I love God. I love Jesus. I am a Christian and I love Christianity. And I'm a nationalist in the sense that I love my nation. I love this nation under God. Indivisible and liberty for all and justice for all. So there you go. And they come up with all these new names. But look at what Gideon says. And Gideon said unto the angel of the Lord, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why is so much bad happening? Why are we having mandates? Why are we having pandemics? Why are we having stolen elections? Why are we having high gas prices? Why are we having this and 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 this? Because folk can't see that even though there's bad happening, there is God happening. Look at the next one. And where are the miracles which our fathers told us? Lord, we read of revival. We read about when you visited people. We read the stories of the Red Sea when you delivered a nation. God, when are you going to deliver us? Where is your divine supernatural intervention? People are doing that all the time. Oh, he's taking so long. What's taking so long? When's God going to act? And you're identifying that you're not doing well on your test. Then look at the third one. Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us four years of turmoil. Your perspective needs to be adjusted. God said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. God's not taking his hand off this nation. God's not losing. He's never lost, not one time. I never say God hasn't lost a battle yet. They ain't no yet. Never will. So these are what Gideon said. Why is all this bad happening? Where's your divine miracle? And why are you forsaking us, God? Don't you know that evil, evil, evil seems to be winning everywhere? And where are you, God? I'm hearing it all the time from people. True. Throwing in the towel when we're just about to turn in our papers because everything's about to change. Amen. For good. Amen. Go, to, go to Judges. Well, let me show you another one. Go to Mark 6. So I believe that we are in a test. And, and, and I believe that the test has to do with water. And, and you say, what do you mean, why water? God tests people with water. I don't know what that water would be today, but I think the Holy Spirit, I told you last week, is like water. He's compared to like water. That's why Jesus said in John 7, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then it follows up and says, hey, how be it? Or hey, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit who hasn't yet been given. So God was comparing rivers, literal water, to a type of the Holy Spirit. So how many of you see that? So when it comes to this water test, I'm speaking of not literal water. I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit testing us. 
Now, when you look at Mark 6, watch what happens. You have another water test. This is called the Sea of Galilee test, where some people are at right now is at the Sea of Galilee test. And straightway, <laughs> who even says that? Brenda, I'm at the store, but I'll be home straightway. <laughs> I'm going to start using that on you, Brenda. I'll be home straightway. All you people over in the United Kingdom, you know exactly what that means. I'm going to start using that for Brenda. Brenda, I got an itch on my left shoulder. I need you to scratch it straight ways. <laughs> She'll roll her eyes with those beautiful brown eyes and say, whatever. <laughs> All right. And straightway, he constrained his disciples, said, man, get in the boat. And he said, go to the other side to Bethsaida. While he sent away the people. Now keep reading. Watch what goes on, man. And when he sent them away, he departed in a mountain to pray. So here it is. It's evening time. It's dark. Jesus is praying. Keep reading. And when evening, when it was dark, someone say dark. Come on. This is the water test, the Sea of Galilee. It's dark. Okay, there's some dark things happening. There's some evil things happening. What are you going to do? How are you, what's your perspective? Come on. The Sea of Galilee test here is what is your perspective? What do you really see going on right now? No pun intended. What do you really see? Sea of Galilee. What do you really see? But when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and Jesus was alone on the land. Now watch this. He gets it in the spirit realm. He sees them. It's dark. He sees them in the spirit and they're rowing. And the Bible says that, that they were rowing. Now, uh, John 6 translation, we'll stay here. John 6 translation of the same story says that they were rowing two to three miles out in the middle of the sea. So here are all this sweat. Here's all this work. Jesus, you're over there praying. And that's how people are looking at it. Oh, Jesus, I know you're doing all the heavenly things. Now you're about heavenly things. And look, don't you know how bad it is? Come on, the spirit of Gideon. Don't you know how much evil's befallen us? Why haven't you done any miracles since the miracles of the Bible? Why have you forsaken us, God? Come on, don't you see what's going on with our country? Why aren't you a part of what's going on, Jesus? We're working for you. We're rowing. We're toiling. <laughs> and notice, the wind was contrary unto them. Come on, man. Look at all the stuff that's been contrary of our freedom. Look at all the things that have been coming at us, man. You know, people shutting down churches, being told that it's not essential. That's a contrary winds. Mandates, forcing people to do stuff while they steal their freedoms. Come on, telling you and lying to you that it's, you know, you can jab your kid with, with the vaccination that hasn't even been proven. Now safe for those that are under five. Come on, what, what's your motive? So winds, we've had a lot of contrary winds. But notice this, about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus comes unto them. So there's a visitation of Jesus when it's dark and things are contrary. Things are opposing them. That's what that wind stands for. Come on, have you had a lot of contrary things? Have you experienced opposition? Have you had things try to steal your joy, steal your liberty, steal your faith, steal your freedoms? Sure. But yet, rather than in this test of the Sea of Galilee, rather than you think that it's never going to get any better and that God is somehow separate from you, he's over on the shore about his heavenly business of prayer or whatever, and he's ignoring America. He's ignoring you. 
But yet, if you open your eyes, you will see that there's a visitation of Jesus. This is why people gathering all their end time scriptures right now to try to support that we are in the last times. You better just kiss your backside goodbye. He's going to rescue us and escape And we're out of here, and I want to say, what a disgrace that would be to the earth that the church was raptured or taken out of here at this time when there is so much division, there is an escape mentality on the church, and we aren't the glorious church that Jesus said he's coming back for. So you better bunker down a little bit. The days of Noah might just be he's going to come as the rain. He's going to deal with all this trouble. And you're going to have to kind of ride out the storm. And not be taken up yet. But notice this. He tested them. He tested them. Here is the water test of the Sea of Galilee. Here a visitation in the time of darkness and contrary things, opposition you could say in the winds and all that. And Jesus on purpose, it says, would have passed them by. While you're complaining about gas prices, Jesus is looking at you going, really, do you think it's going to stay that way? You're complaining and thinking that, oh, two more years. Oh, they're going to steal it in the midterm. And Jesus is going, and I hear the tune of um, uh, the Andy Griffith show. (laughs) Jesus is seeing Andy Griffith days coming. And all you see is Friday the 13th, a guy in a mask going, ready to put the mark of the beast on you and your kids. Take your freedoms from you. No fear. So Jesus on purpose was testing them. Well, what was the test? What would come out of their mouth? And he saw them, watch, keep going, verse 49. But when he saw them, when when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the sea in this water test, notice (laughs) they thought he was a demon. They thought he was an evil spirit and they cried out, save us! It's like that's the only time people are crying out, you know, when the gas prices are high. Save us! By the way, um, yesterday I had a picture that came up on my my phone reminder. I paid 14 cents for gas three years ago. It was $3 a gallon, and I had 15 gallons of gas because of all my uh, food saver points. And I just started kissing my phone, saying, thank you, Lord, for those days. Thank you, Lord, for these days are here. Thank you, Lord. 14 cents. It makes total sense. You shall do it again. And listen, you know what? I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Have you noticed something that's reoccurring? Amoco. American oil. I grew up working at Amoco. My dad owned an Amoco station. Amoco stations are appearing again. And I think it represents a Holy Ghost anointing of oil coming to America. And I believe energy independence and all this stuff is going to shift. Right? We're going to get rid of BP. We don't need foreign gas. We don't need bipolar gas. BP. Doesn't make sense. I want America. (laughs) And they all saw him and they were troubled. Oh, we're so troubled. They couldn't even tell it was a visitation. And immediately he talked with them and he said, be of good cheer. 
It is I, be not afraid. Well, if he was in a movie, that's how he'd talk. Because all the Jesus movies, that's him. Ha, 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 be not afraid, Peter, it is I. I'm like, that ain't it. I've talked to Jesus. He don't talk like that. And, and, when, and I've seen the Lord, and I've looked in his eyes. He doesn't look at you like this. Peter, be of good cheer. It is I, Hank. I can't blink. I'm so holy. Man, that hurts. Jesus, I bet you would probably say that hurts. You didn't blink either. Okay, let's go on. But, but look at this. Look at this story, this water test in John 6. Um, look at like verse 21, I think it is in John 6. Because I want you to see what happens. Soon as they called out to Jesus who was in a test, giving them a test, and they called him in their boat, their nation, their life, their finances, their gas prices. Um, that's why I don't let gas prices or fuel prices of airplanes keep you from being one of the 7,000 that needs to get to Omaha September 15th through the 18th. Register today at openingtheheavens.org. There you go. Now watch, verse 21. They received Jesus into the ship. And notice this word. Immediately, inconceivable. Immediately, the ship was that the land? Immediately, the gas prices changed. Immediately, we got the rightful president. Immediately, the evildoers were tried. Hmm. Immediately, Roe versus Wade wasn't just overturned, it was abolished. Hmm. The goofball curriculum of pedophilia in the schools uh, is thrown out immediately. That's called what Gideon questioned in his test. Where is the miracles? Where's the divine intervention? And once they called Jesus in the boat through that test, Jesus gets in the boat, one cool cat, flipped his long cool hair back. And they were to the other side. My dad used to tell me he was a military guy. <laughs> Mom, can I say this? So, you know, I grew up in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted that Don Johnson look, you know, the, the Red Sea part in the middle and the long hair. I wanted to do this and this like a man. Not a woman, not a, a man. There's a man way of doing it. And my dad says, son, we need to talk. I said, yes, sir. There's only one man who walked the earth who had long hair because he was supposed to. And that was Jesus. And you're not him. <laughs> so I'm sure you know the story. Clip, 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 clip. Bzzz, buzzing bees of razors were flung around my head. I'm like, Dad, how am I supposed to ask out that girl with a buzz head for homecoming? <laughs> but notice immediately, there was an acceleration that took place. How in the world, here you have all these contrary things coming at us, and now 
Jesus is coming in a visitation and now it's like we were never there. It doesn't matter. We've been accelerated. God, God made up lost time, harsh time. That's where we're heading. All right, let's go to the next. How many want to learn the next water test? I tell you, we're in a water test. I think it's terrific. I think it's great. I think it's huge. I think we're going to pass. I think America's going to be great again. I do. I think it's going to be terrific. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. It's, and listen, I think it's going to be terrific. I, I really do. I really do. It's going to be We're getting our liberty. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be huge. I think you're going to be really happy. I really do. I think it's going to be great. So go to Mark chapter 4 because here's another water test. This, this one, this one is really cool. This is, this is the Sea of Galilee test again. All right, now watch. So Jesus in Mark 4, 35, he says it again. All right, remember, he doesn't blink. <laughs> Let us go to the other side. I don't think he said it like that, but that's what the movies want you to believe. Right? So Jesus gets in the boat. They're out in the middle of the sea water test. Okay, we just talked about the water test of your perspective. You seeing evil. Oh, he's a ghost. Oh, everything's so contrary. And Jesus is walking up to you like this on the sea or in your life. He's walking over our nation. And you just say, whoa, Jesus, come in. And then boom, acceleration. Here's another test. Now Jesus is actually in the boat. And this is a test on what is coming out of your mouth. Amen. Oh, it's just never going to change. Oh, we've been lied to. Oh, you know, come on, I hear it all the time. And this is what happened with the disciples. They got, here, here Jesus just taught them a few verses ahead of time, a sermon. And he talked about sowing the word, <laughs> okay, and, and, and all of this. And he taught them the principle of seeds and even how your words and things are part of seeds. What are you speaking? What are you saying? What are you expecting? And so a storm comes in the middle of the sea, and these professional fishermen literally thought they were going to die. That's a serious storm. Jesus is in the back of the boat. He has the audacity to be sleeping. That's like when I'm trying to drive, and I need the driver, Brenda, to stay awake, and she's got the audacity, like Jesus, to be asleep on the side window. I'm just teasing you. Every time, I'm like, Brenda never drives anywhere when I'm on the road working so hard, Brenda. And I'm kind of glad I, I, I haven't asked her to drive much because when we got married 33 years ago on our honeymoon, I was like, Brenda, we were, we were heading down to Tulsa and then Fort Worth. I said, Brenda, uh, I need you to drive. She said, oh, I'll drive. She goes, what, what do I do? I said, we had just pulled over for gas. The interstate was right there. I said, just, just go straight. So she pulls out of the gas station and does exactly what her new husband said. The obedient wife, she's going straight. And I hear, I can't, that's not the right sound, but imagine the sound that doesn't sound like the interstate. You hear rocks flying up on the side of your car on gravel. You look out the window and it's not the glory cloud, it's a dust of dirt. And I see a sign, five miles to Tijuana. No, I'm teasing, no, 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 no. And so I said, Brenda, 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 where are you at? She goes, I, I, I'm going straight. I had, and back in those days, you couldn't 
get your phone and go, Siri, where am I? Man, you had to figure it out. So I calculated where the sun was, where the reflection of the window, and I said, man, we are about 200 miles off course. Yeah, you're directionally blessed. Look at her, look at her smile, isn't she cute? All right, Jesus was asleep just like Brenda. And they come to him in the water test, and he wakes up, he rebukes the sea, he rebukes the wind, and he says these words in this water test where some of you are at. Where's your faith? Come on, why can't you believe that I can accelerate you and bring you to the other side? All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to Exodus 14. Look at this, look at this, uh, this, this water test. This is called the Red Sea test. And this is where some people are at in our nation. And so... Here you have the whole nation of Israel by the millions now. And, and watch what happens. They're, they're, they're seeing Pharaoh and his army pursuing them. And they don't have any weapons, which it was God that gave them the ability to bear arms as they picked up all the swords of the soldiers. And he made Israel a very powerful uh, warring nation. So they're pursuing him, and they look at Moses, and he's just standing there, you know, I don't know, scratching his hairy legs. <laughs> and, they're, and they're just coming at him, and they see the Red Sea. And so look at what they said. This is where people are at today. All they can see is the stolen election, the mandates, the vaccinations, the gas prices. Come on. All the things trying to steal our liberties of the pursuing enemy. All the things that have been chasing us, jacking us up, messing with us. Come on, am I living in your world? This is why, preacher, you are a coward if you don't preach behind your pulpit about what's going on in our nation. These people out here and are, that are watching are going through some stuff. It's your job to tell them the truth. So here's what happens. Here's, here, here's their mindset in this water test of a nation. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone. We tried to tell you, leave us alone. We don't want to get involved in politics. And because you're involved in politics, uh, Pastor Moses, we got the president of Egypt pursuing us and his whole terroristic army. You should have stayed out of politics. I told you, it doesn't belong behind the pulpit of Israel. That is no different. He involved himself politically. And it was God's idea. And these things are written for our examples, for our admonitions. And all the, the nation wanted to do is stay out of politics, Moses. We tried to tell you, oh my gosh, leave us alone. Look at what you did. If he would have just been nice, we would have kept being under socialism and communism. We would have kept having our freedoms stolen another 400 years. If he would have just been silent. Thank God for Moses. Uh, who, who stood up and said, no. God is the God of liberty. And he wants to set your nation free. So get involved, Moses. And get your brother involved in politics. Speak up. Well, that's why I love you. Thank you. You're so sweet. I give you a hug from afar. All right. For, watch what they said. This is so stupid. This is, this is how some people are. Oh, it would have been better if we would have just stopped talking about the election. 
Don't you know the news is saying that it wasn't? Well, did you ever believe anything before the election? And they already proved all the Russia collusion? The dossier? I mean, it is all kind of crumbled. So do you think they've been telling you the truth in that? For it would have been better for us to go back, serve. It was really communism. It was a type of socialism. They were slaves. They, 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 they made bricks for these people. And it would have been better that we die in the wilderness. That we should, and it would have been better than to die in the wilderness. I, mean, I would have rather been under socialism than try for, for you to get involved in politics, preacher Moses. And, and I would have rather been under socialism and, and, and force mandates and masks that don't work and vaccinating children with who knows God what. And, and, and I'd rather, you know, just have the preachers shut up and, and, and just accept what happened in 2020 and, and just continue to believe that, you know, a, a woman who, you know, changes her equipment is now a man. Let's just imagine it would be better to live underneath that than to die here in your attempt to free a nation. So I won't be quiet. I don't care if there's nobody here. I ain't shutting up. So. Now, look, look though, what this water test was. This water test was, and God, and so Moses stands up. And he says, stand still. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> My people, stand still. There, I said it. Okay, give me verse 13 so I can say what he would say. <laughs> Fear not, stand still. I prophesy to you, you shall see the salvation of the Lord. Now watch this. Which he will show you this day. In other words, everything is about to change. That's a rap song. Everything's about to change. Everything's about to change. Everything's about to change. I need Kuhneman and the gang up here, man. Everything's about to change. But watch this. Now watch this. For the monkey pox, the donkey pox, the rhino pox, and all the other pox of the Bidenites whom you see today and this goofball stuff in our government, you're not going to see again. There's coming a change. So what was the water test of the Red Sea? Do you believe that God will and can deliver a nation from the power of, of an opposing socialistic, communistic spirit all right let's go to the next one joshua three now this is where i want to talk to you that are watching i've been picking on these people in here <laughs> okay i'm not picking on you but I, I do want to say this and and if you're you're our guest today here, here's the deal let's just let's just get real okay let's just get real okay and let's just get real all right let's just get real Almost sounds like John Travolta. Hey, you know, let's just get real. You know, I just want you to get real. All right, just get real. All right, now watch this. 
This is where I want you to get real. This is called the Jordan River test that's on people right now. Are you on the Lord's side? Watch, watch what, watch what, wait, 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 watch what was a command. And they commanded the people under the mandate of God. They commanded, this was not a suggestion, saying, when you see, paraphrased, the glory of God that is contained, caught in the box called the Ark of the Covenant. When you see this, that is the Lord God, Lord your God, and the priests who are carrying that glory. All right, flip forward. What does that mean? God is commanding us today, especially those who have never opened their churches yet. Those preachers who are more about coffee and avoidance of the true stuff going on in our culture and our country and they're silent. They, I'm telling you, are not the bearers. They're not the priests. They're not the vessels of ministry that is carrying the glory of Almighty God. What you need to do if you're online or in here, find where God's glory is and the ministers that are carrying it. And here's what he said. And when you see it, You're going to have to make a decision. Remove from your place. In other words, get out of that dead church. Get away from that coward preacher. And go after the priests or the preachers, the vessels where the glory of God is upon them. And they're telling you the truth. That's what that means. So that's the test. You're going to stay in the same old spiritual place of, you know, you like the user-friendly movement where you like it nice and you, you don't want to hurt anybody. You know, you're like that, you're like that, um, that uh, T-Rex on uh, Toy Story. Come on, I like cartoons. I'm a cartoonist. And, and he was like, I don't like confrontation. I mean, that's where some people are. I don't like confrontation. They're afraid to stir up things. Now, let's go to Exodus 15. I'm done after this. Y'all liking this for a minute? Okay. Now, watch, watch this water test. This, this, is, this one is a cool water test. Exodus 15, three days after their corporate worship setting of Miriam. You can come on up here, Eddie. Miriam and Pastor Doug. Miriam, who's playing the tambourine, and they're all singing and dancing. Oh, the horse and the rider are cast into the sea, and they're having a praise dance. And then all of a sudden, the praise service ends. The church service is over, and now they're driving to work, and they don't have any gas in their gas tank. In their case, they had no water. Hmm, you don't have any baby food. And it starts settling in. Whoa. And so they start murmuring and complaining. We have no baby food. We have, oh, look at these high gas prices. We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have this. And God brings them to the waters of Mara, which means the waters of bitterness. That's where some folk are living. They, they are becoming bitter. They're becoming mean-spirited. Right? nasty, unkind, getting out of love. And there's a water test. Come on, man, you're supposed to be celebrating. 
You're supposed to be celebrating not only what God has done, but what he's promised to do. That's why it says in 2 Chronicles, believe God and you'll be established. Believe God's prophets and you'll prosper. Amen. So that's that watch. All right, last one. Genesis 6. Look at verses 5 through 6. We are done after this. So this water test is the test of rain. You know, I like this water test. And, and this one is so amazing to me because um, look at the condition of the earth. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on, only on evil. You think we have it bad, we don't have it like this. And verse 6, watch God. Now this is so important. And it repented the Lord that even made man on the earth. And it grieved him. Now pay attention to these words. It grieved him. Or one translation says, it hurt God in his heart. I think there's no greater verse that gets my attention in scripture than that one that I want to live by. All joking aside, God, I'm telling you this. I do not ever want to hurt your heart. I say that to you in this moment and I say it publicly. I do not ever want to hurt your heart. That is so important to me, God. I, I know, but I think it hurts God when people don't stand up in a wicked day and tell the truth, speak up for the truth, stand for his moral compass. Stand up for his word. Stand up for his marriage covenant. Stand up. It hurt him in his heart. But now watch this. God always finds a man, just like he did with Gideon. Notice this word. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay? So God always has a plan, but it requires a man. And I'm going to ask you today, part of these water tests, okay? Maybe you're speaking unbelief. Maybe your perspective has been off. Maybe you're talking wrong. Maybe you're not speaking in tongues or, or, or talking right. Maybe you think that, you know, all these winds and things that are contrary, uh, it, it's just the way it is. And you don't see the visitation of Jesus. It's time that you can get it right. The test isn't over yet. And, and, and God is looking right now. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is going to believe in a day of Noah not an escape, but that God's going to come with his reign and deal with the evil and divinely reset, not, come on, the NWO, the New World Order. It's God's NWO, New World Outpouring. And God's going to come with the reign. Now, why did God find Noah? Let's go over to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and then Jude 14, and we're going to call it a day. Watch, why did God find Noah? And God spared not, 2 Peter 2, 5, the old world except Noah, underline this, the eighth person. The eighth person. The eighth person, you might say, well, there were eight in the boat, so he was the eighth person, okay? That is partially right, but I'm gonna show you a greater principle of what God is looking for today in all of these water tests. What's the water test today? The Holy Spirit. What's in your heart? What's coming out of your mouth? What are you standing for? What's your perspective? Are you believing God? Are you staying with what God said? And the eighth person, notice this. 
A preacher shouldn't be involved in politics, huh? The Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. You can't tell me there wasn't some form of government in the days of Noah. You can't tell me that there wasn't some kind of woke culture because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. Yet this man kept hammering every single day building and building and building and building and Luke 17 says he was persecuted but he kept building because he believed what God said and he believed that God had an answer for the darkness he was a preacher of righteousness he didn't say he was a man of righteousness even though he was but notice the emphasis is on a preacher a preacher he opened his mouth he spoke up he spoke out he hammered away it's something that was so ridiculous like it's going to rain. They hadn't seen rain before. So this water test is the test. Do you believe what God has said? Do you believe when it looks impossible, ridiculous? It seems like it's getting worse that there is a better future and that God is going to do what he said and he's going to bring America back to greatness and he is going to release glory over the earth where a global freedom is going to begin to be shown now last scripture notice I said Noah was the eighth person but if you go to Jude 14 it talks about somebody that was ahead of him if Noah was the eighth notice what it says what Enoch was now Enoch was born before Noah right Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these things. So notice all the people from Adam to Enoch, there was only seven that God considered righteous. Only seven that stood up against evil, against immorality, were not carnal, did not give in to it, did not cave in. Only seven out of millions and millions and millions that were born from Adam to Enoch. He was the seventh one that God could find. And then it tells you that Noah was the eighth one. So imagine how many people were born from Enoch to Noah. And yet God could only find eight righteous people. And one happened to be a preacher of righteousness, speaking up in his culture, speaking up in his day. And you know what I say to God? Two things always. God, I don't ever want to hurt your heart. You know why Joseph didn't sin with Potiphar's wife? And I guarantee you she probably had some fancy uh, Egyptian uh, attire on that accentuated everything. And the testosterone of Joseph was at probably another level. But he, he just said, whoa, I don't want to sin against God. Because he considered God's heart. And so today, when you're caving in and you're bowing down and you're being silent and you refuse to stand up and you, you, you think that there's Christian nationalists and you're going to believe these fake news that, that call you that, where are you numbered? Where are you listed among the righteous? Where are you listed among those that are standing? Where, where are you listed in those that are willing to stand up and speak up and speak out? Where are you listed? More people today stand to your feet, are concerned where they're... It, 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 here's the thing. They're, 
concerned about numbers, all right. They're concerned about the mark of the beast. You know, they're more concerned about 666 than they are where are you numbered when God looks at you in the earth on what you're standing for. If you're standing, are you on the Lord's side? Are you passing the Holy Spirit water tests? Are you complaining? Are you in unbelief? Are you thinking that God has forsaken us and that all this bad is going to continue to happen is never going to change? Where are you numbered? And what means more to me than anything is I want to protect God's heart. I never want to hurt him. Second, I want God to look down and say, you are number blunt, 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 boy. And my hand is on you for you are not only a preacher of righteousness, but you are a man of righteousness in an evil and dark day. Amen. I want you to say this to God. Come on, Pastor. I want you to say, God, I don't ever want to hurt your heart. So therefore, I'm not going to. But I want to take a stand. I want to stand up. I want to speak up. Give me a holy anointing and boldness to do so. I want to be numbered among the righteous for you in this generation. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right.